0: quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. my best friend, my shepherd, I always have more than enough, he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss, that's where he restores and revives my life, he opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain... To-
1: good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship today. We're so excited about the Lord Jesus and the good things that he's doing, and we're so grateful to be in the midst of him working. Father, we give you thanks and praise this morning. We bless your holy and wonderful name, and Lord, we enter into a celebration of of your goodness and your grace. And we thank you, Lord, that your glory fills us and fills this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Oh, let's stand together
2: today. I'm going to and praise him. It doesn't matter what comes my way, the greater one lives inside. We're the one
1: Name of all time, the most highly exalted and highly decorated and highly lifted up name. We're so grateful for your name. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to
2: us. Oh, Kia, Shamama, Yia, Kia, Shamamai, Yeah.
1: My love is made manifest to you. When my blood was shed on Calvary, I poured out my love for you. My love will pick you up when you're down. My love will fill you when you're empty or running low. My love will constantly encourage you. My love will keep you and bring you to where you need to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just want you to stretch forth your hand to our worship team. We just want to bless them. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for this signature worship team. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace upon them. Thank you, Lord, that you bring your glory through them. Lord, you touch us through them, and we just bless them this morning. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory, Lord, for your worship, for these instruments and these singers. They sing songs that stir up the glory of God. And we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's a season of celebration. We celebrate the greatest event of all time. That's the birth of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're just so glad that you're here this morning. And we just love having a good time with God together. Amen. All right, you ready to speak the word with the authority of Jesus? Let's make our confession. Our Heavenly Father has given to us another comforter to comfort us, encourage us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of Wisdom who teaches us all things.
3: He is eternal,
1: He was involved in creation, and He knows all things. We are learning great things from Him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit.
3: He helps us solve problems,
1: find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits.
4: Amen. 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 Good morning. Melissa's joining me today. We are the double, 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 double. Okay, so first, I woke up this morning with this phrase I want to share after worship here. Um, design alignment, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So in Revelation 5.5, 5, that's where... Uh, It says, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has been victorious. Hallelujah. So I'm expecting some design alignment in my life and at Victory Christian Fellowship as we uh, meditate on Jesus being the lion of the tribe of Judah who has been victorious. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Come over here, Melissa. Oh, we're so excited to be here today. We are. (laughs) So we have just a few announcements. First, this week, Tuesday, December 21st, is our Air Force Youth Christmas Party. Woo! So youth, bring a friend, invite a neighbor. If you know anyone ages 12 and up, we just have a lot of fun, food, and games, and gifts from 6 to 8.30. We extended a little bit to 8.30 this
3: week. say about the cookies or this one. Okay. So, also on Wednesday, our regular Wednesday night refreshing is going to be special edition, and it's our Christmas candlelight service. And it will be at 6.30, so also bring a friend. It's going to be awesome as we celebrate with so much joy our Savior Jesus.
4: (laughs) Okay, yesterday we finished baking cookies. Let me tell you, the cookies are delicious and they're filled with lots of joy. Yes, they are. And I want to highlight two special team members who never baked a batch of cookies by themselves. (laughs) So we are developing some life skills. This is good. So if you want to taste the first ever made, Stephen made chocolate chip cookies, (laughs) and Nate made oatmeal cookies, and he went the second mile and made oatmeal raisin cookies. So... (laughs) And Melissa, she she did a little twist on her sugar cookie. All
3: right, so on Thursday night, I was here, and I was making the dough, and I found this cool recipe where you make the dough, and then you can roll it in parchment paper, and then you just refrigerate it. So then, yesterday, all I had to do was slice it and bake it, which is genius, by the way. They are so delicious. However, me being the math person... This time, I actually miscalculated. So, (laughs) I was making cookies for here and for school, and I think I was supposed to make like 16 dozen, 18, I don't know. It was quite a lot, but um, I think I doubled everything, so we have close to like 50 dozen sugar cookies. (laughs) We did not make all of them, but there are plenty, so we have double, double, double sugar cookies. (laughs)
4: In fact, this is why we're doing double-double together, because she doubled her doubling. And so those people that ordered sugar cookies and the sugar cookies that we have for cash and carry, there's more than what you ordered. You got the double-double. The sugar cookie is the double-double, okay? So, um, yeah, and we kept some of the dough frozen Because we have big vision for this year for Air Force. So we're planning to keep you well fed throughout the year. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so those who ordered cookies, you can pick them up in the Cove after church. Those who did not order, we have extras in the back for you to pick up for cash and carry. We also have an assortment of paintings, drawings. Yesterday, the pine cones were, like, Coming off the press, we did the, uh, the pine cones with the little decorations. So there's coffee, decorations, help yourself to gifts galore. Double, double, double. Yes. Yes. Did we remember everything? I think so. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we're having church next Sunday for sure. <laughs> if there wasn't church, I'd be here and you could join me because... We are celebrating. The celebrating of Jesus is going to increase, like, exponential. We'll just, like, just like a rocket. Like, when you're in a rocket, you're not, like, calculating, like, how much you've increased or how fast you're going. You're just going. So we're going, celebrating. Hallelujah. Thank you.
1: Well, if you ever remember any word, just remember (laughs) double-double. And it's good to have uh, Sean back visiting with us from uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, do you want to testify, Sean? (laughs)
0: Yeah, me and Gabe left um, here five months ago, and we've been in Rama for four months now. And then we are also doing another college to get our business degree, so we've been staying very busy. But we were prepared by this church to just go and do what we need to do, go where we need to go. We went halfway across the country, and God's just doing great things. We've gone through almost half of our classes for the first year for Rama, and we've just learned so much, and we've, we've gotten reinforced in so many things that we were taught here that they're teaching at Ramah, and it just confirms so much that what God's doing in our lives and what he can do. It's just really great.
1: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is a good God, isn't he? And we just want to lift up some uh, people in prayer, some people who uh, physically can't be here today and we want to pray for uh, Charlie and for anyone that is uh, suffering. Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are a healing God. Your Your word brings life and health. And Father, we pray for those who are uh, challenged by physical uh, things that aren't working right, Lord. And we just send your word to them. And we thank you, Lord, that you heal them, you touch them, you strengthen them, and you lift them up. In Jesus' name, And everyone said... Amen, hallelujah. Want to just uh, share something from uh, Proverbs uh, chapter eleven before we dismiss our kids. I'm getting there, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter eleven. Glory to God. Oop. All right. And uh, we're going to start with verse uh, 24. And it says, uh, this is amplified, There is one who generously scatters abroad, and yet increases all the more. Everybody say, scatters, yet increases. That's the dynamic of God. Only in God's kingdom can you give something away and get more in return. Amen? Amen. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, but it it results only in want and poverty. So when you withhold, it ends to poverty. Alright? And verse 25, The generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. Say, I'm a generous person. And I am prosperous, and I am enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. So you can be in a squirt... Uh, how many ever been in a water fight? You know what happens when you get someone else wet, you get wet. <laughs> right? And this is what happens in our giving with God. When we give to God's kingdom, as the Holy Spirit leads and as the word directs us, then it will come back unto us. Amen. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Father, I thank you for every giver and the gifts that they bring. I thank you that it is sanctified by you, and you multiply their seed sown, and you increase the fruits of their righteousness in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. You can give any time during the service, and if you're watching online, you can give uh, through our website. All right, we have amazing kids, and we have amazing teachers. And we love both our kids and our teachers, and we want to dismiss your, our kids right now to their class. Kids, living faith every day. Experience the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our God is a good God. You ready for the word this morning? The life-changing manner of, of God. God's word works in every area of life. And when we, when we work God's word and believe what it says, it'll work for us just like it works for Jesus. Amen? And I want you to turn uh, this morning to Psalm 36. Psalm 36, and uh, we're going to look at some things here. We're still, this will be our last week about the generosity of God. And um, our God is, He's not too good to be true. He is really that good. He is better than we could ever imagine. Because our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Think about that. You could ask for a lot of things, couldn't you? You could think of a lot of things, but God can exceed all those. And he is that good. And in Psalm 36, starting with verse 5, it says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. What does that say? There's no limit to his faithfulness. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are great and deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How excellent is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Aren't you glad that you can put your trust Under the shadow of God's wings. Let me read this from the Amplified. It says, Your loving kindness and your graciousness, O Lord, extend to the skies. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. God's goodness, loving kindness, and faithfulness work together not only to overthrow... Oh no, that's something else. Never mind. Sorry about that. But how many believe that God is good? He's so good that he gave us a son. He gave us a way of salvation. He gave us a way of victory. He gave us a way of truth. He gave us a way of righteousness and holiness. Amen? Are you excited about God's goodness? And you know, we see God's goodness, his, his, his generosity and His goodness, His faithfulness, His love, His kindness, His wisdom and His power and His provision. And uh, today I want you to, there are three things that God did and does. Number one, He orchestrates. Number two, He communicates. And number three, He protects. And this is what we see in the story of his son coming to this earth. This was God's divine orchestration. You know, when you think of an orchestra, what do you think of? You think of instruments, right? You got the wind section, you got the brass section, you got the percussion section, right? And you have someone who's called the conductor. And he stands there with his little stick, he goes tap, 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 right? And he puts his arms, and, he, and he, he, he sets the pace or the rhythm. Who's our conductor? It's the Holy Ghost, right? And we are all instruments in God's hands. And God, he orchestrated his son coming to this earth. He communicated to those who he needed to communicate, and he protected those who were part of his plan, right? Right? We're going to see that in the Christmas story. I want you to turn to Psalm 21. Psalm 21. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at uh, verses 4 to 8. Psalm 21, verse 4. He asked life of thee, and you gave it to him. Woo! Let's just stop there. How many asked life for God? Did He give us life? He not only gave us life, He resuscitated us. He brought us up from the death, right? Or from from the dead pit. So, if you want life, all you got to do is ask. And length, even length of days, forever and ever. Verse 5, His glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty have you laid upon him, for you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceeding glad with your countenance or your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Your hand shall find out all your enemies, your right hand shall find out all those who hate you. All right. Go to Psalm 23, Psalm 23 and verse 6. This is a statement of facts and truth. It says, Surely, goodness and mercy, God's unfailing love, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Who's following you? Goodness and mercy. God's faithfulness. God's loving kindness. God's love. Amen? Amen. It's following you. Who's he following? Those who are connected to God's house. Right? If you want goodness and mercy to keep following you, stay connected. Don't get disconnected. Amen? All Alright, Psalm 25 verse 10. Psalm 25 verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness, goodness, truth, and faithfulness. Those who keep his covenant, to to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Listen, if you're going to follow God, you're going to encounter goodness. You're going to experience his faithfulness. You're going to be enveloped in his love. Amen? Because this, this, this is who God is. This is His nature. Alright? And look at Psalm 27, verse 13. Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm, I'm telling you, you don't have to despair Why? We have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yeah. Amen. What's the land of the living? It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we can walk in that each and every day of our lives. We can walk in the goodness of God. We can experience the goodness of God. And the goodness of God and His faithfulness, it will orchestrate our our lives. He will communicate to us and He will protect us. Amen. Look at Psalm 31, verse 19. Psalm 31 and verse 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. What has God got stored up for his people? His goodness. What kind of goodness? Great goodness. If you go to God's cupboard, you're going to find goodness. It has been stored up for you. Notice, stored up for those who fear you. What does it mean to fear God? To honor, reverence, and respect Him. Him, His people, and His places, and His things. Right? Then he says, which you have prepared for those who take refuge in you. Have you been struggling? Have you been encountering problems? Take some refuge in God and participate in His goodness. Take refuge in God. He's your safe place. You know, when things go bad, you can go to God and and He'll make it good. He will bring good out of it. Only God can take a slave and bring him out of a pit, bring him out of a a prison, and put him in a palace. A foreigner becomes the prime minister of the entire country. You can t- Only God could take an exile named Daniel and put him in the court of the king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and teach him all the Chaldean ways and cause him to rise each and every time a challenge comes his way. Why? Daniel knew how to take refuge in the goodness of God. When Daniel didn't have an answer to solve a problem that he was facing, he prayed and God showed him the solution. Hallelujah. Alright, verse 20. In the secret place of your presence, you hide them from the plots and the conspiracies of man. That's his protection. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. People talk bad about you? Go in God's presence and you won't hear a word. Amen? Verse 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown his marvelous favor and his loving kindness to me. How many has received his marvelous love and favor? Amen? Glory to God. And I want you to go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 in the New Testament. Hallelujah. What are we doing? We're setting you up. Our God is good. You know, he never takes a break from being good. He is good all the time, every time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 3, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified because it's very powerful. Starting with verse 4. When the goodness and kindness of our God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared. When did it appear? It appeared when Jesus was born. Amen? Amen? The goodness and the kindness of God. God wrapped His love in a person. Named Jesus. It was the Word made flesh. Right? He says, the man, Jesus Christ. Verse 5. He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done. You haven't been saved by what you do. You've been saved because you put your trust in Him. We can't buy it, we can't earn it, but we can have faith for it. But because of his own compassion and mercy, by the cleansing of the new birth, and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us, through Jesus Christ our Savior. How does God pour out his love? Richly to us. Lavishly. Abundantly. There's more than enough love of God to go around. There's more than enough goodness to go, uh, to, uh, of God to go around. Yeah. Amen? God's goodness can fill all of our needs, wants, and desires and still have plenty left over. Yeah. Never think that your thing is too small or too big for God. Right. Is anything too hard for God? No, he's concerned about the little things and he's concerned about the big things and he can take care of them both. Amen? Amen. Then he says this in uh, verse uh, 6, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior so that we would be justified by his compassionate universe, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged... As acceptable to him. Say, I am acceptable to God. When you accepted Jesus, you became as righteous as he is. You became just like him. You've taken on his nature. Hallelujah. And he says, and we have been made heirs of eternal life. I love that part. In according, according to our hope. Amen. Amen. So can you see how good God is? So God, He has always been orchestrating and designing His plan for us and for the world. Just like He did in the Christmas story. What does it mean to orchestrate? It means to arrange. It means to coordinate. It means to organize and to plan. Amen? Amen? God wants to arrange or combine things for your utmost victory. But as we see in the Christmas story, people have to be willing to participate with God. God did not force Mary to become pregnant. She received his word and chose to become pregnant. What if Mary would have said no? God would have had to find someone else. How many of you are willing to participate with God's plan? How many want maximum goodness? Maximum blessing? Then your participation is crucial. You've got to, you've got to cooperate with God's orchestration. You know, God can set something up for you. But you still have to use your faith to get it. For example, Israel, I've given you the land. Right? But was it automatic theirs? They had to actually go into the land and possess what God had given to them. Didn't they? Right? The shepherds could have said, I'm not telling anybody else about this. But they did. Why? They chose to participate to the orchestration of God. So, if you want to achieve the maximum effect of God on your life, then participate with Him fully. Amen? And what does it mean to communicate? You know, our God is a master communicator. He knows how to clearly unveil his will to us. Right? Everybody in the Christmas story had a clear communication from God about what their part was. Zachariah, you're going to have a son. You and Your, your prayers have been heard. No telling how many times they prayed for a son. And now they were receiving the answer. Isn't it comforting to know that your prayers are heard? Yes. How many believe that your prayers are heard? Yes. Then, then don't stop seeing those prayers come to pass. Yes. Don't give up hope. Zachariah and Elizabeth were older. It wasn't really conducive for them to have children. Okay, but our God is a communicator. Right? To communicate means to convey Knowledge it means an information revealed by clear signs does god lay some signs along the path yes. some are great and glorious but some are small yes. and you got to pay attention to the signs right why because you may have to turn off this path to get to where god wants you to be but you got to pay attention to the sign yes. okay To communicate means to transmit information or thought or feeling and that it's satisfactorily received and understood. Communication doesn't happen unless the communicator and the receiver understand each other. If they don't understand each other, communication has not happened. What we have here is the communication problem. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, you know, God is a clear communicator. You're not going to... God is not going to leave you wondering what he's saying. God is very clear and concise in his communication and his instructions for us on everyday life. Jesus said to the lame man, pick up your mat and walk. That's very clear. That means bye-bye sickness. So what did the man have to do? He had to pick up his mat and walk. He was responding to an instruction of God. And that's when the power came into his body and his body was completely healed. While he sat there, he was still lame. But when he acted on what God said, that's when his lameness left. And his strength came. Communication is to engage in an exchange. You know, God wants to exchange some things with us. He'll take our sorrow and our pain, and he'll give us joy and relief. He'll take our sickness and give us healing. He'll take our separation from him and give us salvation. Amen? This is what God does for us. And to communicate is to announce, publicize, broadcast, and proclaim. My goodness, God employed prophets to talk about what was going to happen, where it was going to happen, how it was going to happen. The prophets prophesied hundreds of years before it happened, Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. That a virgin was going to give birth to a son. And they could look back to the prophets and Jesus fulfilled all those. He fulfilled the word that was spoken about him. How about us? Are we fulfilling God's word that's spoken about us? And then, the final thing is to protect. All right? God is a protector. He's a shield. All right? To protect means to keep someone or something from being harmed. It means... Uh, to recover, to set up a guard, a defense, a safeguard, to seek, keep secure from danger. can God protect us? Yes. Absolutely. He can protect us. Amen. Yes. So we see how God coordinated, he orchestrated, communicated and protected the people in the Christmas story. God sent an angel to Zechariah at the right moment, at the right place, at the right time. He was doing his priestly duties, and the angel showed up just like he was appointed to by God. With a divine message, right, to communicate to Zechariah and to protect his plan. Amen? He told Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth are going to have a son. Something that they've been believing for. Something that they've been praying for. Something that hadn't happened but needed to happen now. Say, God is never late. See, sometimes when we don't see something come to pass immediately, it's a temptation from the enemy to doubt or to give up or to quit. But we don't quit, do we? We don't give up. We keep on believing. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on believing. See, and this is really what it means to walk with God. Are you going to let your circumstances, the opinions of others, and your feelings dictate how your circumstance is? Or are you going to let the word of God dictate how the circumstance is? You know, because oftentimes as we walk in life, we're going to encounter things that disagree with what God said. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to still praise him? Job said, Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Job re- didn't even he refused from his closest people to accuse God of anything. His wife told him, Why don't you just curse God and die? Sweetheart, I'm not going to die and I'm not going to curse God. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Put on by the ones you love to, to, to do something that you know is not right in your heart to do. Don't do it. Stay with God. I don't care who says to do whatever against God. I don't care who they are. You stay with God. David was glad Abigail stayed with God and not her foolish husband. I bet Ananias and Sapphira regretted their agreeing to lie to the Holy Ghost. But they agreed to do it together and they reaped the consequences. So God revealed his plan to Zechariah. His child was going to be an evangelist, a wild evangelist. He was going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. He was going to go before the Lord and and introduce the Savior. Because God needed a forerunner. He needed someone to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah to go before Jesus. God orchestrated, God communicated, and God protected his plan. He he shut Zechariah's mouth. Why? If Zechariah would have been able to open his mouth, he could have aborted the, prom- the promise. Did you know that we could abort God's promise with our negative speaking? Wasn't God's will for Israel to die in the wilderness? Why did they die in the wilderness? Because of their negative speaking. God gave them what they said. Think about that. Whoo, I'm going to watch what I say. And so Zechariah and Elizabeth were encouraged to believe God. Who was the first one to believe God? Elizabeth. When she gave birth to John, right? Zechariah still couldn't speak. Right? And the relatives said, what are you going to name him? You know, uh, something bar Zechariah. You know, Simon was called Simon bar Jonah, That means Simon, son of John. They always named themselves after the family line, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is going to be John. And then they looked at Zacharias and said, that's never been done before. Elizabeth was a revolutionary. She was unwilling to compromise. She was going to stand up and speak up for what was right, even if it meant criticism from the family. And then they looked to John and then he had to write it down on a piece of paper. But once he wrote it down and he believed God, his mouth was loosed. Elizabeth never lost her speech. Why? Because she believed God. She gave birth to John. She carried him for nine months. She was believing God. And Zechariah was like, couldn't speak. He couldn't say anything. That was God protecting God's plan. He had to do that. Why doesn't he do it all the time? Because we have charge over our own mouths. Amen? How about the orchestration and communication and protection that he gave to Mary? Right? Same angel. We don't know when Mary was in Bethlehem. I don't know if she was in the house. I don't know where she was. But the angel showed up to her. The, God, see, God knows where you are. If you're doing laundry, God knows how to get in touch with you. God knows how to communicate with you. And he sent the same angel. See, angels, they can travel at the speed of thought. They just show up. You know, he doesn't need a car. He doesn't need a cab. Gabriel didn't even have to use Uber. He just showed up on the scene. And he was there once again to communicate God's plan to Mary. God orchestrated this. Do you know how long it it took? Thousands of years to get the right righteous line that Jesus could come through. That's called orchestration. God was orchestrating all this. All these people had to agree with God throughout the ages. And when when, when it came to Noah, how many people were there? Eight. Eight people agreed with God. How many know if eight people can agree with God, they can change the world? So, I don't know about you, I'm going to agree with God. So, Gabriel revealed the plan to Mary. You're going to have a son. Really? I haven't known a man. How's that going to happen? Oh, the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! God's got a power to bring his plan to pass. You want to participate with his power? Listen to Wednesday's message. Be it unto me. Right? Three Four simple words. So the the birth of Jesus was supernatural, miraculous, and wonderful. It had never been done before, nor will it ever be done again, but God needed it to be done that way. Why? Because every human's blood was polluted by sin and he needed someone with some pure blood. Oh, Jesus is a purebred. He's a purebred. We come from a champion line. We can trace our pedigree back to victory, back to increase, back to health, back to wholeness. We come from a good line. And we have his DNA in us. Jesus' birth inspires us to be better people and do greater things. Amen? Do you know that Mary, she would often keep things in her heart that was said to her, that she heard. And, you know, Mary was one of the ones at the day of Pentecost who got filled with the Holy Spirit with everybody else. She was one of the 120 she was at the cross. She saw her son get pierced. But she kept following God. She she never stopped. Why? Because God had orchestrated, communicated, and protected her. Amen? Mary was all in, and she was ready, willing, and able to do God's will. Whatever it is you say, God, I'm in. How many are in? No matter what he says. No matter how radical you think it is. No matter how illogical. Get the Spock spirit out of you. That's highly illogical. It doesn't matter if it's illogical. It's supernatural. Think about it. If God told you to sell your house tomorrow, would you? And, and do whatever he tells you to do with it. That's radical, isn't it? But if you know God's voice and you know what he's saying, you got to do it. Right? Because why? That's what brings the blessing. See, in the Christmas story, did God force Zachariah? Did he force Elizabeth? Did he force Mary? Did he force uh, uh, Joseph to, to marry? Or No. He gave them the option. He said, this is the plan. I'm communicating it to you. Now, what are you going to do? at your neighbor say? What are you going to do? Mary was all in. Right? Now, God will even deal with your doubts. Joseph, he didn't know what was going on. All he knew was his fiance was pregnant. And that stirred up some emotion. But Joseph was an honorable man, wasn't he? He said, I'm going to put her away silently. Because he didn't want to shame Mary. He loved Mary. But then God said, no, no, that's not my plan. You married a girl. Right? What did God do? He showed up in a dream. Joseph went to sleep and he was taking a nap, probably snoring. And the angel comes in the dream and reveals, communicates, orchestrates, and, and protects Joseph About the place that Joseph, the thing that's in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. It's a holy thing. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. He said, okay. Then he took her as his wife. He did what the angel said to do, amen? He cooperated. He allowed God to orchestrate it. He allowed God to communicate it, and he received the protection of it. God protected the marriage. He protected the scandal. That would have been caused had he did what he wanted to do in the natural. Joseph had to marry Mary. And once the Lord told him, he was good. I'm good. Amen? He didn't question God. And you know, for nine months, they didn't consummate the marriage. He honored God with that. He, 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 he made sure that Mary was protected. Kept safe, right? Say, I'm not going to interfere with God's plan. You don't need to create an Ishmael. Because if you create an Ishmael, you'll be dealing with it for a long time. Too many people have created Ishmael's. Alright? Look at and, and Matthew one twenty two. It says, All this happened in order to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophets. God is a fulfiller of His Word. Yes. God is true to His Word. Everything He says, He does. Everything He does, He says. You cannot separate God from His Word. Everything that happened in this story was to fulfill what was spoken already. Hallelujah! And then, after Jesus was born, God protected Mary and Joseph. He said, "Herod's going wants to kill the baby. Get out of town. Go to Egypt." That's protection. At night. Everybody say at night. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a morning person, not a night person. Well, if God wakes you up at midnight, you've got to wake up. And you've got to do what he says to do. They had to, they had to put their stuff in the bag and go. Why? If they'd have stayed, Jesus would have died. You know, Herod was, was going to kill every boy that was two years old and younger in Bethlehem. Spirit of abortion, right there. God protected Joseph and Mary. He protected Jesus. Sent him to Egypt. Told him when it was okay to come home. That's orchestrating, communicating, and protecting. Yeah. Amen? God orchestrated and communicated and protected the wise men. They were in the east, they were on the east coast. Amen? And they studied the stars. They were astronomers. And they looked at, and they saw this most unusual appearance in the skies. And it got their attention. How many know God's, God knows how to get your attention? And they had such confidence that they left where they were and journeyed with that star across countries, across continents, through the desert, through all kinds of terrain. What made them leave their home and make a two-year journey or however long it was? They're following the light. The light was showing them. The light was leading them. His, His word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Do you think that the wise men encountered anybody along their journey? How come no one followed them? Huh? The wise men had simple faith. How come, they said, what are you you guys doing? Oh, we're following this star. Oh, we want to come with you. How come no one joined them? Not everybody wants to act on their faith. Amen? Amen? So here were the wise men. They're making their journey, right? They're following this light, and they come to Jerusalem. And they talked to Herod, and they said, Oh, we're inquiring, uh, we want to come worship the king. Right? Now, these weren't just three guys with three camels. Okay? We've got to get that picture out of our mind. When Abraham went to get a wife for Isaac, he had at least ten camels. Right? That was just to get a wife, not to worship a king. When Sheba came to worship Solomon, she brought so much spices that they'd never seen that much in Jerusalem until what she brought, and gold. Amen? So these were, these were wealthy men. They didn't just have three camels and three little boxes. Okay? When when they gave gifts to a king, it was at least a chest that two men had to carry. These were more than just three camels. This was an into- See, you had back then. You had to travel in the caravan for safety. These guys made their journey. They're following this light, right? Because God is communicating to them. God is orchestrating their steps, right? He's ordering their steps. I'm going to bring you to this place. Just follow the light. Look at your neighbor and say, just follow the light. You know, the entrance of God's word into our heart, what does it do? It gives light. It illuminates. Right? So they're following this light, and they get to Jerusalem. They tell Herod, you know, Herod says, well, when you go find him, Tell me, and I want to go worship him. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Herod had no desire to worship him, but yet he said that he wanted to. Okay? So, the star got to the house. Everybody say the house. The wise men did not come to the manger. Jesus was about two years old now. How do we know that? Because Herod wanted to kill every baby that was two years old. They showed up at the house. Everybody say the house? And the star stopped over the house. They went in and they saw Jesus and they bowed down and they worshipped him and they gave him gifts. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Very costly, very expensive, very valuable gifts. Everybody say valuable gifts? You know, if you're wise, you give valuable gifts. <laughs> right? God led them to worship the King. How many know that God can get you to the place that you need to be? How many believe that? God brought this young man from Illinois to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Then he took me back to Illinois and brought me to Cleveland, Tennessee. And then from Cleveland, Tennessee, he brought me to Pennsylvania. Amen? Amen. And while I was in Cleveland, God had the greatest blessing for me ever. Fiona. If I hadn't gone to Cleveland, I don't know if I'd ever end Fiona. That's right. <laughs> I was not go find you. <laughs> so, you know in the story of Abraham, when God told him to offer Isaac, right? And he's going on the journey. He, he actually woke up early. And got ready, and God says, I'm going to show you the place where you need to go, right? Could you, could you leave your house not knowing where you're going to go, but trusting God to show you? You know, Abraham, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. So here's Abraham, he's going, right? He gets. He sees the place, and he tells his servants, you stay here, me and the lad are going to go worship, and me and the lad are going to return. Everybody say, going to return. That's faith talking. He knew what God said. God said to offer him, but Isaac, or Abraham knew he was going to come back with Isaac no matter what. So, they get to Mount Moriah, which is the same place where Solomon built the temple, which is the same place where Jesus was crucified. You talk about orchestrating. Not only does God orchestrate your life, He orchestrates the ages. It's time for us to build a legacy of faith. Amen? God doesn't want you just to be affected. He wants those after you to be affected. The next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. It's not just me myself and I. We got to think bigger. Yes. We got to think generationally. Yes. And if there's something right now that would break would interfere with your generational curse, get rid of it. Yes. Break it off. Can God cleanse you? Yes. Absolutely. So, they worship the king, right? They give their gifts. And God protected them saying, don't go back to Herod. Okay, so they went home another way. Herod didn't even know. He got mad. He's like, they didn't come and tell me. "Ah." That's when he started to kill the people, kill the the baby boys. But you can see God's orchestrating, communicating, and protecting. He, He did that through the whole journey of the wise men. All they had to do was follow the light. That was the best GPS ever. Amen? And once again, they fulfilled what, what God had spoken. And you know, God wants to orchestrate your life. He already has it planned out. But the question is, are you following His plan? Are you filled with the knowledge of God's will... Or do your own desires take precedent over God's will? Every one of us has desires, dreams, and we got to check those with God to see if they're His. Amen? Why? Our dreams and our desires are temporal, God's is eternal. Does that mean God wants you to not have fun? No. You'll never find a more fun-loving person than God. God loves to have fun. I mean, he's the author and the source of joy. Who would not want to have fun if you're the author and source of joy? I mean, seriously. God is not boring. But he does want people to follow him. When, When Jesus walked along the shore of the Galilee and he encountered those people he said come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men what are you going to do? they dropped their nets and followed him they dropped what they were doing and followed him does that mean Peter never went fishing anymore? no he went fishing but he was he was catching different fish and he got to do some uh, do some regular fishing too Amen. I mean, after all, who's to say that Peter didn't catch the little boy's lunch that fed the thousands? I don't know. I mean, he got the lunch from somewhere. But we've got to follow God's plan. Colossians 1.9 is a prayer that you can pray. And it says, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. With all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you can walk worthy of the Lord. How many want to walk worthy of God? Yeah. Then we've got to cooperate with His orchestrating, His communicating, and His protecting us. Sometimes God doesn't want us to get involved with certain things because He's protecting us. But we can't tell what He's protecting us from, but He sees the end before the beginning. So you just got to listen to him. Yeah, but I want it. Do do you know that it was not God's will for Israel to have a a natural king? But they whined and complained so much about it. Once again, God gave them what they said. But he said, this is what's going to happen. He's going to take your kids. He's going to take your crops. He's going to put burdens on you. God wanted to be their king. That was his will. But because the people whine and complain of their own lust and desire, we want to be like other nations. We want to be like the world. Why do you want to be like the world? The world is doomed. Amen? I want to be like this person or that person. Yeah, if they're not saved, you don't want to be like them? You don't want to follow them to hell? Come on. All these people in this Christmas story—they allowed God to orchestrate them. They did what God said. They went where God said go. Amen. Only God could orchestrate a census at the time that Joseph and Mary needed to go to Bethlehem. You, you, that wasn't that wasn't circumstance. That wasn't. Uh, Happenstance. That was an orchestration by God. God used the government of the Roman government to get Joseph and Mary into Bethlehem. Because they needed to be there. Why? Because God said in his word that a baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. So she needed to be pregnant going to Bethlehem. About to get both going to Bethlehem. God needed a man in Egypt. So he brought Joseph to Egypt. Yeah, but Joseph got there because he was a slave. Who cares how he got there just the point that he got there? So many times we get focused on the process by which God got us to where we need to be. And we just need to rejoice on where God wants us to be, amen? God needed someone in Egypt. Does it matter how he got there? He needed someone in Egypt who would listen to his voice, orchestrate, who would listen to his communication, and who would follow his protection. And, and, do you realize because Joseph was in Egypt at the time that he was, that God was able to save his people? Amen? Because we see that Joseph testified, God brought me here to say, what you did was evil, but God brought good out of it. Say, so God brought good out of it. See, when you're following God's plan, no matter what bad things may happen, God will bring you through. God will bring you out. Amen? You're not going to stay in the bad things. Those bad things are just going to be temporal, but God's will is going to be eternal. Get your eyes off the bad things. Put your eyes on the good things. Amen? Amen? And you know how they ended up in Nazareth? Because when they wanted to come back to Bethlehem, uh, Archelaus, who was the grandson of Herod, was still ruling. And they said, well, we're not going to go to Bethlehem, let's go to Nazareth. Why? Because God's word said, he shall be called a Nazarene. So he needed to be a Nazareth. Amen? Doesn't matter how he got there, he, they were following God's plan. Do you, do you know it was God's plan for Jesus to die on a cross? No matter where Jesus could have went, if he'd avoided the cross, he'd have disobeyed God. He had to go on the cross. There was no other way. That was the way that God ordained for us to be saved. Jesus had to be born a man. He had to die on the cross. He had to shed his blood. Amen. Amen. And aren't you glad that He did? Because you and I got a chance to come in the Father's house. You and I got a chance to be part of the family of God. You and I got a chance to be redeemed. To be purchased. To be accepted. Hallelujah. I'm so glad what Jesus did. I don't care how He did it. I just know that He did it. Amen. I trust in the end result. Glory to God. Once Mary received the word that she was going to have a baby, and she accepted it, she walked around and said, I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to have a baby. Why? Because it was true. I don't know if she said it like that. That's kind of Pastor Doug's improvisation. So let me just remind you of some things that God has given to us. You know, it's God's will for you to be healed. Jesus took stripes on his back. He allowed his back to be whipped, bruised, and broken open. No bone was broken, but his skin was broken. Why? Why did he do that? So that he could take away the pain and take away the sickness and give you healing. It is God's will for us to be healed. It is God's will for us to be saved. It is God's will for us to live in victory. Well, I'm not experiencing victory. Keep believing. Don't quit believing. Because if you keep believing, you're going to run smack dab into that victory. And you're going to experience the greatest victory that you've ever had in the name of Jesus. Jesus embraced His cross with joy for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame he embraced his cross and his pain with joy because he knew it was temporary listen the things that you're experiencing that aren't good are temporary they can't compare to the weight of God's glory so don't establish camp pain. Because if you keep believing God, the pain is going to go away. Amen? It has to. It can't stay. God wants you free indeed. You ever think about that? Free indeed. Free from anything that binds, hinders, restricts, or stops you. God wants us for, Say, God wants me free. He wants me full. He wants me favored. He does. Say, I am favored. Say, I am free. Say, I am full. Say, I am whole. I am called. I am anointed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. You are blessed. has nothing to do with your circumstances or your feelings. It has everything to do with your obedience. Let me just remind you some things that God has given to us. I alphabetized these things, and I think I'll make this list available if you want it next week. Alright? God has given us an inheritance. Psalm 61.5 For you have heard my vows of God, you have given me the inheritance of those who fear your name. We're an inheritance church. Amen? We've been inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits together for going on 20 years now. Hallelujah. And God's not done yet. There's a bunch of people in our area that need to come into their inheritance. And we as joint heirs need to show show them what our inheritance is. Hey, you can be healed of that. You can be delivered of that. Amen? Glory to God. You can be free from that. God has given to us light. Psalm 118.27 The Lord is God and He has given us light, illuminating us with His grace, freedom, and joy. Woo! When you're walking in the light, you're walking in grace, freedom, and joy. Grace, freedom, and joy makes me a happy boy. Hallelujah. God has given to us life. Psalm 119, verse 50. You, you, your comfort, you comfort us in affliction, and your comfort in affliction is God's word has revived you and given life. Woo! Hallelujah. You know, um, you've seen people walk around with their own oxygen. We're walking around with their own life. What's that? That's my life tank. It's where I get my life from. Amen? These are things specifically in the Bible that God has given to us. Those, those, that phrase, has given to us, are in these scriptures. God has given to us power, love, and a sound mind. You do not have a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 God did not give you a spirit of fear but he gave you he has given to us a spirit of love power and sound mind. Hallelujah. Love, power and sound mind trump fear. Fear may come at you but love, power and sound mind resist it. So in other words you beat fear three times. You've got three times the victory over fear. Love, power, and sound mind. God has given to us rest. Aren't you glad? How many appreciate rest? So Exodus 16, 28 and 29. See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. He gives you the bread for two days on the sixth day. So the Sabbath is rest. Amen. God has given us a return on our giving. How many want a return on your giving? Luke 6.38 Give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Amen? No no space left for more. How many want no space left for more? When you've reached that point, you've got to give some away. God wants you so stuffed full of good things. God has given to us riches. Solomon asked for wisdom, and God says, I'm going to give you wisdom, plus I'm going to give you something that you didn't ask for, riches and honor. God gave us riches. He became poor so that we become rich. Rich is a Bible word. Amen? Amen? God has given to us salvation. Psalm 18, verse 35. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand upholds me and sustains me. Your gentleness makes me great. Hallelujah. How many are made great by God's gentleness? Glory to God. And God has given us... Unveiling Mysteries. Mark 4.11 He said to them, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you. If the mystery has been given to you, is it a mystery anymore? No. God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, but we know the mysteries. It might be a mystery to you, but not to us. Amen? Aren't you glad we serve a good God? We serve a generous God. We serve a great God. He loves you. He's faithful to you. He's good to you. He's kind to you. He'll never stop. No, 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 never stop. Never stop. Never, ever, ever stop. Right? He'll give you double, double, triple, triple, quadruple, quadruple. Amen? God will always give us more. Amen? So how many of you this morning, you came here? And you, and you, God, do you know that God orchestrated you to be here today? Oh, I just walked in. No, you didn't. God was ordering your steps. Oh, I just stumbled across VCF, No, you didn't. God brought you here for a reason. He orchestrated you to be here, especially you guys to be here today. You that are watching, God orchestrated this. And God has been communicating to you. He's been communicating how good He is, how wonderful He is, how incredible He is, how awesome He is. Amen? Amen. And God promises to protect you. He will protect you from loss. He will protect you from evil. He will protect you from harm. Amen? We have got to uh, get our protection by faith. Every morning when when I bring Josiah to school, I pray protection over him. Why? We live in a dangerous world. The other day, there was, you know, Derry Township responded to a a threat that was on TikTok, and they had seven police cars at the schools, taking vigilant watch. Amen? You better pray protection in this world. Glory to God. So you came in here today, because God orchestrated you to be here. He wants to meet that need. He wants to give you what you want. And he wants to fulfill that desire in you, whatever it may be. Amen? If you're ready to receive that this morning, if you have a desire, a want, or a need in your life, I want you to come up here right now. And God is going to meet you where you are. Amen? Because he is good. Just come and put your faith in the goodness of God. You don't have to worry about how it's gonna be worked out, you just know it's gonna be worked out. It's all gonna work.